here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Welcome back to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold. You are tuned in to episode 14 of our show. And as always, we are joined by the Action Network's Dan Titus. Dan, how are we doing today? Doing good, man. Ready to rebound from last week. <laughs> oh, man. Should we just get this out of the way off the top and talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers before we jump into the rest of the podcast? My God. So I was doing some some hindsight. And, uh, man, like something was telling me, like I was looking back at some of the the, the head-to-head matchups between the, the Raiders and the, the Steelers. And I didn't realize that Las Vegas had such a success at, at covering in their last four or five games against the Steelers. But I don't know, man. I thought I just – I was really optimistic about the Steelers coming off that really long overtime game, having to go across country. Like, to me, the, the narrative was there for, for them to take care of business. But what I saw was, what the hell is this Raiders team? <laughs> what is this Derek, Derek Carr resurgence that we're seeing here that he's just balling out? And no Josh Jacobs. I thought that that played perfectly into the Steelers' game plan, but to no avail, man. Yeah, everything – that I'm taught and have learned as a gambler said, go ahead and bet on Steelers. It doesn't matter really what the number is. And the market agreed. Like it went from five and a half to six and a half. People right. definitely sharps were agreeing with that. The money splits, it all made sense. Then Sunday morning, it got back, bought back down to five and a half. And I'm sitting in front of, I already have, I don't know, half my mortgage on the Steelers. I'm looking, I'm like, <laughs> yikes. Usually when it's moving like this before game time, especially I assume that the public ended up being on the Steelers there. Right. Uh, I'm, I might have been in trouble. And then basically that first series or the first five minutes of the game, I was like, oh, I'm going to be in for a long one right now. So I was trying to hedge out a little bit of my position, but then they got down so much, I ended up betting more on the series. The whole thing was a disaster. Needless to say, my wife is angry at me, but it's okay. We'll talk about that at a different time. So My, I, my, you know, my, my wife's at, mad at me for a different reason, and I'm still oh. rocking them right now, but <laughs> God damn it, we fucking had it, and they blew it. <laughs> oh my god we'll get to the uh, we'll get we'll to get the to eagles that. we'll get to that later yeah we'll get to the eagles <laughs> a little bit yeah so uh i i i'm trying to come to grips with where we went wrong on the Steelers. i think that part of it is we overreacted to them looking good week one and the defense being right. awesome obviously tj watt going out was a huge deal yeah that was obviously a huge deal uh i think the raiders had a good game plan where they're like screw it jacobs is out we're not running the ball we don't care we're just gonna throw it all against you and if the Steelers have a weakness especially with joe hayden out it definitely was secondary. the secondary, and uh, they got burned. I mean, they they had a chance to win the game there at the end before the rugs bomb, and right. uh, you know it's tough. Sometimes the uh, this is the way that the gambling cookie crumbles. So we got to deal with it, eat it, move on. Uh, hopefully, learn from it. But uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was a disaster week two. Dude, for the first two weeks of the season, man, the under or the uh, underdogs are really coming up on top here. So I'm waiting for a little course correction and. I'm going to. Uh, we'll talk about it later, but I'm definitely going back to the well in the Steelers, man. I don't. I don't foresee two bad losses in a row going against a divisional opponent. So we'll talk about that in a few. Can we talk about one thing with the underdogs really quickly? I hadn't planned on bringing this up, but we might as well get into it. Do you think that we overcorrected on home field advantage with having fans there, and that's why underdogs are covering at such a great rate? It must be, man, because I'm still trying to. Ju- I'm still trying to reconcile what the fuck is going on right now yeah. because I feel like a lot of these. Uh, handicapping that we're, a lot of the handicaps that we're doing, I think, make a ton of sense. And honestly, right now it's just really a fade the public situation to the to the max ex- extent. And I think some of the the more consistent teams we've seen over the years 
really aren't they they aren't starting out hot and I, maybe that is maybe some court some overcorrection in terms of the home field advantage but I don't know man this this has been a really interesting first two weeks of the season all right, we're going to jump into a little week two review, and then we'll kind of give our look aheads for week three. Before we do that, we'll get to a little bit of Champions Round business. We are doing another Thursday night giveaway, 4.30 IG Live Thursday, before the worst game of the week, which is Houston hosting the Carolina Panthers. Panthers are minus 7.5 at Houston with Davis Mills starting at quarterback. Tyrod so Taylor again. Tyrod Taylor again, week two, goes out. Now he's on IR feel bad for the guy, but let's let's talk about DJ Moore, David Johnson, signed jersey giveaways. All you have to do is download the Champions Round app. Then all you have to do is tag your friends on either Twitter or Instagram, telling them to also download the app, and you are automatically entered. Again, we will give away those jerseys uh, Thursday, 4.30, IG Live before kickoff. So that's what we got there. We'll have more giveaways. Uh, if you subscribe to our email, uh, we are going to give away a Dak Prescott and a Devonta Smith jersey, signed jerseys hey. for, for Monday Night Football. Uh, we will announce that Monday, but uh, you can enter starting Thursday after the David Johnson and DJ Moore giveaway. So exciting stuff. Keep it locked in here with the uh, Champions Round. You'll get some uh, free sign swag. Always good time. So let's jump into the Week 2 review. Let's start off with the Sunday Night game, which was absolutely awesome. Baltimore coming from behind and beating the Kansas City Chiefs. 36-35. Uh, what'd you make of that game? And uh, where do you think both teams are right now after week two? I mean, I think that Lamar Jackson's definitely going to start to make that case for MVP. So if you got that um, very early on, man, I, I think once all those injuries started to mount for the Ravens, he started to climb down that list a little bit. So I think this win certainly puts him into that conversation. Um, I'm very concerned about the Kansas City defense. And if this team is going to go far, man, they're going to need to make some serious adjustments here because that team that beat the, the Chiefs, I mean, I think that the Chiefs are still the better team overall, but what Lamar Jackson did to win that game, uh, putting forth that effort, that jump pass to, to Hollywood Brown at the end of the game, you know, going forward on fourth and one when they had the option to punt, you know, that's just the, that's the gall in the, in the balls that you need to, to really win games. And uh, I applaud Harbaugh's always had his team in a, in a state to overcome adversity. And I think that they're certainly doing that. This is going to be a really tough division for them. I think it gets a, they get a little bit of help with the Browns losing their almost all of their wide receivers at this point. Um, still have a solid run game, but you know they're not healthy. The Steelers seem to be taking a you know uh, they had a tough loss here, so we don't know what they're going to look like. Their defense isn't hasn't played as as well as they should. So and their offensive line is trash. So the Ravens still have a shot here. You know I think that that's what that's what I've learned from it, and um, I like to see more out of the Chiefs. Uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Man, he just doesn't Yikes. look he just doesn't look that great right now. And I don't know if it's a testament to still getting acclimated to the offense or whether, you know, he's just being schemed out. But I don't see him, you know, really getting the volume that we, anyone really anticipated. I thought that he was going to be a lot better coming into year two and seems like more of the same from him. Really disappointing from uh, CEH and maybe one of the all-time fantasy football busts. I'm not really ready to quite say that yet, but it's definitely trending that way. Yeah, especially with an Andy Reid uh, running back. It's just all weird with him. I don't really get it. So my initial thoughts on it. One, Harbaugh's use of analytics is just awesome. I love what the Ravens have going on there. The fact that he asked Lamar, but he already knew that they were going to go for it. He knew the answer from Lamar. Such a smart decision by him. At the time, I, I was a little 50-50 on it just because 
I, I thought there was so little time in the game. Like, what's the risk in having Mahomes get the ball back at like the 10 or 15 yard line? If he gets to the 50 guarantee win for Kansas City, but you got to go for it. You got to go for these big wins. I do think that outside of the first throw of the game from Lamar, it might have been his best overall performance uh, yeah. against that sort of team and defense. The Chiefs offense just keeps rolling. Kelsey's a just a monster. monster. Like the difference between Beast. him and even like Darren Waller is so different. He's so good. Uh, and it, I, you know, the Ravens, they kind of held Tyreek in check, uh, but Mahomes is still going to get his. I have no concerns with their offense. They look awesome. Even the offensive line looks pretty good, a lot yeah. better than they did last year. Um, I have a little concern with the Ravens defense, but it is the Chiefs. So uh, the Chiefs defense for sure is an issue. Now, they, they did have the pick six, but that was kind of given to them on a silver platter. But sure, they definitely they definitely have some issues and uh, something to watch for. I don't know if it's really going to affect them within the division. We'll see this week. They get the Chargers. Uh, Chargers also coming off of kind of a weird game. We'll talk about that in a second. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have any super long-term concerns with the Chiefs making the playoffs or anything like that. But definitely this could hinder them on the way to uh, win a Super Bowl. Watch out for my dark horse, Denver Broncos, man, coming through. That strength of yeah. schedule and that defense, man, and and Teddy Teddy B looks great right now. So um, I think that they made the right decision benching Drew Locke, which was is obviously paying dividends right now. Dan, you could have started a quarterback and beaten the Jaguars and the Giants. All right, let's not jump ahead of this right now. <laughs> and they get the Jets this week, man. It's I great. know exactly. I <laughs> can we can we talk in week five after they maybe play like a real team? This is they play the three worst teams, three of the four worst teams in the NFL. All right. Let's slow the roll. And Taylor Heineke <laughs> just put up 30 on the Giants defense. So I'm not ready to give it to Teddy B yet. They definitely do. I, look... I got I got them making the playoffs, so I'm just riding a future right now. Yeah, so I'm I know. Sit back enjoy the ride. Well, you can start hedging out after they start 3-0. Uh, all right, let's move over. We talked about Pittsburgh, Vegas already. We talked about Kansas City, Baltimore. Let's move over to the Chargers-Dallas game, which was such a weird one. I had the under 55, so I was happy about that, but – that yeah. game was, it was 6-6 in the second half. What the hell is going on in L.A.? Unbelievable. I mean, that game went down the wire, man. And I feel like at this point, are the Chargers having similar issues? You know, we thought that Anthony Lynn was the problem, but I don't know. Uh, it's got It got kind of interesting here. So I think that Dallas, I was really in between. And, you know, I, I definitely picked the, the Chargers to win that um, minus three. So that didn't work out too well. But. I, I liked what I saw from Dallas, man. And Tony Pollard, we were texting each other. Tony um, Pollard season. During the game, man. And I'm telling you, like, he looks better than Zeke. And I think that they could be a, a formidable uh, hit, uh, RB by committee back uh, duo. And before, we always saw Zeke as the workhorse back. But I think it actually works really well for them using Pollard as the complement because he's a home run hitter. He just looks super elusive. Love him in open space. He can do it all. And then you still have, you know, CeeDee Lamb. Amari Cooper was pretty much shut out for a majority of the game. Um, but I, I like what I saw from Dak. He marched right down the field, got them in the field goal range to win the game. And, uh, you know, I think the Eagles, you know, they're going to have their work cut out for them heading into Dallas on Monday night. They had a chance to take over that division with a 2-0 lead. They blew it. And I think that this let Dallas, this let Dallas back into, into the conversation now. And I think this is going to be a really – Really important game for this division, but I think uh, Dallas looks really good heading into it despite having all their injuries on the defensive side. Yeah, so one, Tony Pollard is better than Ezekiel Elliott. We've said this for the entire <laughs> offseason. this is day one. Yeah, you so day one. I, I feel like I'm maybe right a little bit, although I do agree with you that the idea of having a thunder and lightning 
with the two of them and more of a even split backfield is really appealing and may save Zeke's legs and make him uh, more efficient and effective during the course of the season. I'm actually really excited to see that. And I hope that Dallas recognizes that that is the route that they should go. Uh, I'm not worried, not worried about Amari Cooper. He obviously had the the rib issue, came back in the game. He was fine. CD is a beast. Dak didn't play his best game, but you're right. When it mattered, he made all the throws, marched down the field. Uh, Their defense, I'm unsure what to make of their defense. Obviously, we saw what Tampa Bay did to them, but Tampa Bay is going to do that to everybody this season. Like They put up 48 on the Falcons without even playing well. I don't know how impressive that is. It's the Falcons, but it's still 48 points in an NFL game against an NFL team, so take it for what it is. Um, They played well against the Chargers. Herbert threw for 340 yards and completed a bunch of passes. My concern with the Chargers offense is kind of like the Saints thing. What Herbert did, did really well last year is the deep ball. And he's yeah. got absolutely, like, there was one throw. He made, like, a 40-yard out route, like, throws that no one in the NFL can make. And he yeah. made one against Dallas. But they don't utilize him like that. Like, he had his average depth of target is, like, one of the lowest in the NFL right now. That's not how to utilize this quarterback. So I'm a little concerned about them use, utilizing Herbert in the correct way. Uh, I do think that their offense will get more on track. This is still a team that's only in game two. Completely new system, a lot of new players. I'm encouraged by their defense. That Dallas offense is no joke to slow down, and they hold held them to 20 points. So impressive right. on them. Uh, we'll see. Great test this week against Kansas City, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers are a little under 500 by the time we hit midseason and then take off the second half of the season just because of where they are in their whole coaching staff and learning the schemes or whatever. So I'm not, not discouraged by the Chargers. I'm encouraged by the Cowboys. I think that it is now. Definitely their division to win with Heineke quarterback in Washington. Although, even though the Eagles played badly against San Francisco, I did find some encouraging things. So maybe we should talk about that game next. You're the Eagles guy, so I'll give you the floor on here. What were your thoughts on uh, week two? I think we can re- officially retire the Philly special. Um, <laughs> don't I don't want to see that play again, and especially not on fourth down with an opportunity to go up uh, 10 points very early in the game. Now, I love Nick Sirianni's um, aggression. It reminds me of Doug Peterson uh, a few years ago, but unfortunately, I think that this team is very young, uh, a bit undisciplined, and we saw them leave way too many points on the board. You know, you got to finish off drives. We saw Jalen Rieger step on step on the sideline that negated a, a touchdown. Uh, Quez Watkins, he's got burners, but I mean, you got to finish off a ninety-one yard bomb like that, man. You got to you got to break through some tackles, so. You know, I, I think that there was a lot of missed opportunities where, you know, San Francisco, they just started to capitalize and wear down the, the the game towards the end there. And they made, you know, I think that this was what the knock on Jimmy Garoppolo was. Can he win games? And, you know, he's being a game manager, but he was making some really tough throws to Debo Samuel and tip my hat to that dude. He just looks like a beast right now. When he's fully healthy, you can't stop that yak, man. Like he's like him and Antonio and him and AJ Brown are like those yak guys that you give them a slant route, they'll take that another 30, 40 yards. And he's breaking through tackles. I just really like what I saw despite uh, San Francisco really going through some running back woes and all of the running backs getting hurt at some point in the game. Um, they willed that one out. That was a pure coaching victory by Kyle Shanahan over Nick Sirianni. So I'm expecting the, the Eagles to bounce back. Um, I think this is a learning experience that they'll take forward. So um, disheartening. I thought that they had it. That easily could have been uh, 17 points in the first half that they only finished out with three. So, yeah, not great, but 
encouraging sign. One, the, the <laughs> not throw. Not, I mean, it wasn't great. They that was a very winnable game for them. But hundred like, percent. I I think they're a much better team than I think that we thought than we thought they would be heading into the season. Yeah. Even fair. though they only even though they only put up eleven points, even though they lost to San Francisco at home, that was a encouraging performance in my eyes. The defense is really good. Brandon Graham loss obviously is huge. That's big. I, still think, big. I, I still think they're going to be okay on the defensive line. Hurts the the pass to Quez Watkins down the right like that long bomb. Dude, if, the touch. If, if Hurts is if Hurts is doing stuff like that, I mean, you're talking about real deal stuff right now. And I understand right. he was open, but the arm strength and just the way that he dropped in there perfectly from the end zone with pressure on him, that's real real deal NFL quarterback stuff. So that's got to be really encouraging. Um, I think that you know that you have an aggressive coach who's going to use analytics. That's a big step up. Sure. Well, maybe not a step up from Peterson, but you got you like that you have that it's rather comparable. than not having yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So uh, I, I'm very encouraged by what I saw out of the Eagles. San Francisco, what the hell are they doing about the injuries? I don't understand what it is, something about the air or the water or the treatment or whatever, but no team goes through injuries like this team, and it's really an issue. They, they're, I don't, who's their running back this week? Mitchell may be there. Sermon may be there. It might be Lamar Miller starting, like a guy that didn't even assign yet. So <laughs> it, it's wild. I mean, I, I love Shanahan and I love their system. And obviously they have great players all over the place, but it's just going to cost them so many games. It already has. I understand that that's why you go out and draft Lance because you think that either him or Garoppolo is going to get injured. But yikes. Also looking ahead to this week, they're three and a half point favorites against Green Bay. I like Green Bay in that game, I think. Well, well- We'll, we'll talk about that one. I, I'm with you there. All right. Let's move on to the last review, and then we'll get to our look at lines. Uh, Arizona, Minnesota, the most fun game of the day. Gus Johnson and Aqib Talib just going oh. after it, ha- having a blast. Best, Those guys. Dude, the best telecast easily, hands down. Shits on Eli and Peyton. That was the best telecasting I heard all weekend. No one has ever had more fun in the booth than the two of those guys had on Sunday. And what a game for them to see. Absolutely amazing. So what were your thoughts on Arizona and Minnesota? Uh, Arizona won by one on the missed field goal from uh, the Vikings. I mean, Minnesota had a chance to do it, man. But, like, I think Arizona, you know, a lot of people were hating on Cliff, but that's 2-0. and And I think we can also start talking about Kyler Murray as the best quarterback right now in the NFL because this man is just continuing – to just sling the rock all over the place. He's being efficient with it. And he's finding not only his stars, but emerging stars. So Rondell Moore had a hell of a game. And that yep. kid in space is just, I, I can't wait. So I was fortunate I got him in a couple fantasy leagues. But I'm really excited to see what his growth is going to be like. He found A.J. Green. You know, Christian Kirk kind of took a little backseat, but he still put up 60 yards. This offense is so explosive. And then I thought that their defense was actually going to be bad, but they're holding it down for now. It's it's enough. You know, they they pretty much held Justin Jefferson primarily in check. Adam Thielen still catching touchdowns. Sorry for your your futures there. <laughs> but Dalvin Cook, we, he had a solid game, but I thought that they did a good job of, of keeping the pace. And ultimately, it came down to a missed field goal. You know, the Minnesota Vikings are certainly going to want to have that one back. And this is going to push them a little bit behind in the division. But I still think that there's a very good chance that they could still creep up there with a couple of divisional wins, but they're not catching the Packers at this rate. 
Okay, so first point here, the people shitting on Cliff Kingsbury was the two of us, so we probably owe an apology. It wasn't it, it just it wasn't just us. This is this is this goes deeper. But it was most definitely the both of us. So, 100% was. Yeah, so not not great on us. Yeah, Kyler looks awesome other than the one throw that he threw right to the linebacker on the yeah, Vikings. That was, was, bad. that was really a bad throw, but I mean, he just makes so much happen inside the pocket, outside the pocket. His arm is amazing. He has the most I think per PFF, he has the most big-time throws, uh, and it's not even really close right now. He's he's awesome. I mean, having Kyler on a fantasy team is like one of the best things that you can do. Yep. Rondale Moore, I actually – so I spent a lot of time watching him at Purdue his first year. I loved him. I was on him to be a first-round pick forever, and then he obviously got hurt his last two years. Um, great spot for him to be in. for ha- To be able to run around and have Kyler with him, like to find space. Obviously, you saw him. He just breaks off from a cornerback. He's wide open by 20 yards. He goes and scores mm-hmm. a touchdown. I mean, that's what he does. He actually reminds me, and I kind of forgot about this. He reminds me of Reggie Bush in the open field. Like They have the same sort of juke moves, the same sort of twitchy athleticism, and they're about the same size. I just saw him. Right. I was like, well, if, Re- if Reggie Bush played slot receiver, like this is exactly who this dude would be. So, I mean, yeah, that's, not, that's not – I mean, Peyton used uh, Reggie Bush like that in the slot role yeah. back in the, in the heyday. So – I like the comparison because it is the shiftiness that I see, like the way he can plant and just one yeah. quick little juke, man. And these dudes are just flying all over the place. So it's it was great to see him kind of emerge in this in week two. He's awesome. I do have some, I think, more concerns than you do about Arizona's defense. I, I mean, Kirk was slicing him up pretty good there at one point. They're holding down okay, but it's not great. And in that division, when you're going against three excellent head coaches and excellent quarterbacks, Maybe an issue like of every defense in that division, Arizona has to scare you the most. Maybe Seattle, but they I don't, did, I don't I mean, really know. Seattle does blow it late in the games, man. Like I, I feel like Seattle always has to make things oh interesting. God. I don't know what for what reason. You know what I mean? Like they're always out to a commanding lead, and then they just let. Like we could talk about that game too, because like Derrick yeah. Henry was Derrick Henry. They had him locked down, and all of a sudden it was just nope. Running lanes open up. He's just gonna beast run for 170 something yards and freaking three touchdowns like and then you let Tannehill march down the field I, they, was, they had they had that game well in check and then they just blew it the second half but you you had to know as soon as they missed the extra point to get them up 15 that here, it was just gonna go, go bad I, <laughs> I'm sure that everybody in Seattle was like oh boy what 15 14 oh we're screwed oh we're screwed <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. Derrick Henry, once he gets rolling in the second half, he just can't slow him down. A, you know, A.J. Brown's looked very off to me through two weeks. Uh, I don't know if that's something to be concerned about. Also, that Julio touchdown was actually a touchdown. Can we get over it this? Was. It he was, in, was. He was in the end zone. That was ridiculous. So, Great yeah. footwork by, by one, of the, one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, I, I don't understand what happens with Seattle when they get these big leads. Like, you have Russell Wilson just keep – Throwing the ball deep, no one's stopping you all year long. Just throw, keep throwing to lock it, dude. The touch pass on that is just every every week, man. And then he has he's Lockett's got people running into each other. I love what I've seen from Russ at the quarterback position, but that second half was a disaster. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to your best performance and worst performance of the week. Best performance, I think I got to give it to. Uh, it's a tie between the Titans and the Ravens because I didn't see the Titans, you know, after that first loss, embarrassing loss to the Cardinals. I thought that they were going to face Seattle and, and, and completely shit the bed, but they didn't. You know, they were resilient in the second half. And uh, so I think tip my hat to them. But the Ravens, I think, really stole the show because I think a lot of people were counting them out. 
um, especially against such a high performing offense like the Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar just pretty much stole the show and won that game for them. So, um, yeah, it's a tie between those two teams. All right. And your worst performance of the week? I kind of already know the answer to this. Bird gang. Eagles blew that shit. So, yeah, easily. (laughs) All right. My best performance of the week. I'm actually going to go with the Carolina Panthers, who absolutely torched New Orleans. They're good. They They look really confident. That young defense looks really awesome. And they're going to be 3-0, I assume, after this week with 10 days to prepare for their next game. Very impressive stuff from Matt Rule and Joe Brady. I think that Darnold, I mean, I keep looking up the stats, and Darnold has like 8% completion and 240 passing yards. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Who is this guy? This is the the reverse curse of Adam Gase coming back. Uh, He actually looks like a real quarterback. (laughs) And uh, my, my worst performance of the week, the one that cost me half my mortgage, that would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. You guys can go F yourselves. So <laughs> let's move on to the look ahead lines. Uh, what are the couple that stand out to you uh, for week three? Uh, so I'll start off with the Thursday night snoozer that we're probably going to predict again. And it's going to be a fucking shootout with Davis Mills. No, I can't imagine that it will be. Um, I'm going to take the over seven and a half first quarter points. And I'm expecting the Panthers to be the ones to put at least 10 points up on the board. Um, just given the, what you just said about Sam Darnold's play and this offense and defense, I, I'm not expecting much out of the Texans here. So I'm going to take the under on 43 and a half of the game total. But I really like that first quarter edge to the Panthers to come out hot, uh, put some points on the board. But in terms of look ahead beyond to Sunday, um, I do like Green Bay over for the 49ers. Currently, they're, they're uh, three and a half point dogs. But Rodgers, lifetime five and three against San Francisco. Has a QB rating of 107, 18 to 2 TD to interception ratio. And let's not forget, this dude was passed off by the uh, San Francisco 49ers on draft night. I don't think he'll ever forget that. He's 5 and 3 against them, 8 and 2 in September in their last 10 games um, against the spread. I I think that the Packers are going to reel off a whole bunch of points coming off of Monday night's performance. And uh, given how the 49ers played against the Eagles, I don't think that they played that great. They snuck out with a win. I don't think it's going to be that easy going against Green Bay. So I, I took, I'm taking Green Bay plus three and a half. All right. I like that one a lot. I'm also on that. That was my number one look ahead line. So this is going to be like the Steelers again. You should bet on San Francisco, but <laughs> that's that's okay. We'll ride with Green Bay. We'll ride with Rodgers. Uh, I think it's a great spot for them. My only concern yeah. would be Monday night, short rest, traveling to the West Coast. But San Francisco has not been on the West Coast for two weeks. They stayed out east, so maybe there's a little bit of a hangover there. Three and a half. Let me have the hook. I'll take a Green Bay all day. The other one that stood out to me, I, I have two, but I feel not great about one. So maybe I'll talk about it. Washington plus eight and a half at Buffalo. I just think that's a lot. Uh, I think that Heineke, their defense, I think they can keep it close. I think eight and a half is way too much. I would probably make this line seven. Uh, Buffalo is probably a little overinflated after a 35 nothing win, but that wasn't really, that was like the worst 35 nothing win I've ever seen in my life. Miami really didn't have anything with Jacoby Brissett. So I'll go with Washington plus eight and a half. Uh, the other one is Chargers plus six and a half at Kansas City. I just think that game is going to be close. Seems like a field goal game to me. Uh, six and a half is a little too much. I probably would have made it five and a half or six. So just a couple of dogs I'm targeting now after the last two weeks that we've seen. Maybe we maybe there has to be an adjustment and we shouldn't be taking so many dogs and the favorites are going to start covering. So that concerns me a little bit. I'm not sure when that's going to flip, but it's definitely going to even out at some point. So something to keep an eye out for. But those are the three that I'm kind of 
looking at the only one that I feel really confident betting right now would be the Packers plus three and a half. Same here. And uh, for my other two, going back to the well with Pittsburgh in a divisional matchup against Cincinnati, Big Ben, 24 and eight lifetime against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, he heard his, it came out today that he hurt his pectoral, but honestly, this dude pays, plays through literally everything. So I don't, I don't expect that to really be too much of an impact. Um, that Raiders loss was big. So I think that this is a nice time to, uh, Course correct, uh, get in the win column again. So I like them as three point favorites um, right now. And the Steelers won 11 of their last 12 matchups uh, against Cincinnati. So you may like, you know, it's a bit juice, but take the money line minus, minus 185 um, could give you some value there. Um, and then my final one the Jets headed to Denver. So I just don't have any faith in Zach Wilson heading to mile high. Um, There's a big number. It's a big number. <laughs> It's a big number, but I'm not taking the game total. So I'm okay. taking Denver first half minus six and a half. I think okay. similarly to what I was describing for the the Texans in the Thursday night game, I don't think that they're going to come out. I don't think they're going to come out very hot. So I, I think that Denver is going to at least put up 10 points in that first half. Probably I could see a 17 to nothing, to be honest, because let's I mean, the Jets have, have averaged 10 points across their first two games uh, total. And they're averaging one and a half points in the first half to start the season. So there's this team is just horrible to start the se- to start the game. And going into Mile High, fans, altitude, good luck, Zach Wilson. You're going to need it. All right, here we go. Six letters: J E T S M L. Jets money line. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just joking. Man? I'm not betting that. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not insane. <laughs> oh my god i just wanted to do that uh a, i mean i can see as, it that's about as crazy as that guy's 25 leg freaking yeah. uh parlay that he had going on into the D- detroit plus 400 to win it to win 726k i mean R. it R. sucks R. when you R. don't R. have ticket it sucks when you don't have six hundred and fifty thousand dollars liquid to hedge out to make a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> on each side I was doing that math in my head. I was like, well, you could definitely make 100000 on each side, but where are you getting 650 k liquid from? And who's going to let you bet that much anywhere? That, so, that's the bigger thing is like, yeah, who, who's going to take that action? And you have to make that decision in like 20 hours. So congratulations for winning 15 legs. You should have just bet 15, not 16. Excuse me, honey. I, I just like to mortgage our house real quick. It's cool. Like it, We'll get it back twofold. Don't worry about it. We got it. Um, unbelievable. <laughs> All right. That does it for our Tuesday episode. We will be back Friday with our official picks for week three. Until then, make sure to download the Champions Round app. And if you tag some friends on Instagram or Twitter, you are eligible to win a DJ Moore or David Johnson side jersey. 4.30 IG Live Thursday, we'll be giving that away. Also, stay tuned for a Dak Prescott and Devonta Smith signed jersey that we will be giving away next Monday. So until then, Dan, thank you for joining me, and we will talk to you on Friday.